Hi, and welcome to the Prelude Podcast, where we talk about all things weddings and help you get down the aisle. I'm Megan, your co-host of the Prelude Podcast. And I'm Maggie, your other co-host of the Prelude Podcast. Today we are going to talk about tips for booking your florist. My favorite part of wedding planning. That did sound really sarcastic, but I'm being serious. (laughs) So, yeah. What do you got for us today, Maggie? (laughs) Um, so we kind of want to go through some basics on different types of florists and then we'll talk about tips and questions to ask your florists and have your planner help ask your florists before you book them and commit to them. Yeah. I feel like this can be a hard one for some couples. I feel like it's either a very easy choice or very difficult. I think partially because it's even more creative and mm-hmm. almost more removed for some people. Yeah. Like, not a lot of variable. Yeah. Of how, like how much you could do, what the proposal and and rate could be. Yeah. I feel like a lot of couples look at, you know, their Pinterest or they'll see a TikTok of some arrangement that they want, you know, with a escort card table or yeah. for a sweetheart table or whatever. And so few of us like actually know more than 10 types of flowers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably average person, average couple I've seen, they don't really actually know the names of a bunch of flowers, much yeah. less what they if, cost, what they cost, if they're local or seasonal, uh, the maintenance for them, like how do you upkeep all of those florals once they get to your shop? And then the actual building or installing, yeah. like how, you know, do these stems require the floral wire to go? up into the stem to hold it so it sticks up straight do they Mm -hmm. not what type of like arrangement pieces do you need to like keep all the flowers together like all that stuff is so out of probably most people's (laughs) mindset exactly and so you look at these quotes or you look at you know florist website and it feels very foreign right yeah or sometimes I mean not to put down florist but I think sometimes there's the other end of it of like oh flowers just look pretty doesn't matter how they are formed so I can just do them all Mm -hmm. and building an arbor is Mm -hmm. not the easiest thing if you don't do it all the time yep you have to know the techniques essentially for efficiency yeah for for it to look consistency like proper to scale yeah how much do I even order for that specific Mm -hmm. um arbor yeah, all that. I, don't know I if agree. Experience both, but I've I've definitely had both ends of clients where it's like I want the dream flowers, and it's like mm-hmm. the most important thing to me. And others are like I want to spend the least amount on flowers, and I yeah. could not imagine that it would ever cost that. Yeah, I agree. So one controversial. Thing, yeah, one thing to kind of explain some differences on just how packages and services are set up in the florist world is more full service florists where Mm -hmm. they're not only sourcing, creatively putting together the types of flowers, the actual arrangements, you know, helping to design all of that, but they also have the vases and the floral wire and the floral foam and the columns and the arbors and the candles. They have all of the the rentals. rentals in addition to the actual florals. And they're providing full service. So the staffing to arrange everything at their shop, Mm -hmm. the staffing to transport anything that's been like prearranged. Sometimes the truck that's rented, like Mm -hmm. the actual moving truck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then even the install on the day. Some full service florists, though, don't necessarily include a flip. They may offer it if that's something that's you're needing from the get go, or Mm -hmm. it's more like a rain plan option. They'll, you know, offer that if they have the staffing for it. It and it's an upcharge. Same with cleanup. Some florists return automatically. It's built into their package. They pick up all their florals. They pick up all their rental items, all of that. Some don't. But whether or not they have a flip or a cleanup that's essentially the full service type of florist mm-hmm. versus a more like drop-off partial florist where they are still sourcing, putting the proposal together, and building the arrangements. But it's all kind of pre made and then literally just dropped off like I've worked with florists where they literally don't even do like they won't do arbors or Mm. arches or anything like that like they don't do any installation they literally just do centerpieces bud vases bouquets anything that's like Mm pre-made and they're just dropping off and leaving yeah or even some that it's been pickup true too true so yeah Yeah. so that's kind of the 
the two main, as far as, like, the amount of service that you're getting from a forest. Mm -hmm. And then I guess now, I don't think we'll talk all that much about this in this episode, but there are, you know, some options of, like, purchasing your flowers Mm -hmm. through some sort of service and then arranging them all on your own with, like, tutorials that they give you. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you kind of need a lot of people if you're going to do that, and I think that the quality is not the same Mm -hmm. as somebody who's arranging every single day, basically, and, you know, they're, like, a floral designer. Right. And if you've listened to some of our previous episodes and some of the upcoming episodes we have, you'll hear us talk a lot about the benefits of hiring professionals for your wedding day. So it might sound a little repetitive. We all know like everyone has a budget for their wedding day. Even with insane budgets, you know, not everyone can get everything that they want. You still have to pick and choose. Exactly. And so we get that. There are a lot of ways to cut your budget around florals so you are not spending as much. But exactly what you're saying, the con to not hiring a professional to do your florals, you know, if you're wanting to go through Costco or yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. outsource it yourself go to Trader Joe's and buy all the florals to arrange yourself with like you and your bridesmaids like the Thursday before your wedding or whatever that does save you a lot of money because you're not paying for all the professional help but Mm -hmm. there's you're also trading in the professionalism the expertise the efficiency and then just the fact that it's getting done by other people like it Mm -hmm. might be fun in theory for like you and your bridesmaids to make your bouquets together but what about other floral arrangements well if you have I don't know 15 centerpieces that's gonna take a long time yeah I don't think a lot of the time I mean I've made a bouquet like once yeah like a couple of times for like style shoots that I've done more than that but like truly putting effort into I think it took me like three hours to do that one bouquet yeah it takes I I just saw, we'll link this on our social media, um, I just saw this florist and wedding planner that's out of Charlotte, she did a time-lapse video of her filling hurricane candles with water for like the floating candles because mm-hmm. um, that was the client wanted a, a ton of those candles everywhere in addition to all the florals and I don't remember the exact number of those hurricanes but just putting water into those vases was like an hour and a half a lot on the them. day. Like, you have to fill the water in on the day. That's not any other install or arrangements that need to be made on the day. Lighting the candles, any other type of candles. (laughs) That's not pouring out the water at the end of the night. True, true. (laughs) Um, So, again, like, we're, we're of course, going to be, you know, as much professional help that you can afford, that you can prioritize. We're we're here for it because it saves you sanity. It saves your family and friends sanity. But you can DIY. That's definitely an option. And I have had some clients do that, whether or not it was a money issue or not. Like, they just really wanted to. Mm -hmm. And it has worked out great. It's been really fun. And if they're fine with putting in the time and energy and asking other people to put in the time and energy, then go for it. Like, if you're creative and that's your thing, have a blast. Yeah. And I can't remember if we talked about this, but I think that this goes really well into the conversation of these different kinds of services with florals, but really knowing like what your vendors do and don't do like when Mm -hmm. it comes to your wedding planner as well because I think sometimes there's this blurred line of oh the florals and the wedding planners can do them and Mm -hmm. that's not really how it works because that's going to require more people takes away from the time of what we actually are there to do the day of as well so yeah a, a great example of that is like at least for me with my business and my staff I have learned over the years when it comes to a flip even one that we have planned for like venue requirements or whatever spacing requirements um, we are planning on doing a flip and have been able to plan to the detail for months Mm -hmm. there's still only so much that me and my team can do and even if we have everyone out of our hair in a full hour to get everything done and not have to deal with other parts of what's happening during cocktail hour like don't have to worry about photos don't have to worry about uh, apps being passed or like the marriage license is signed and all these mm-hmm. things like if we can truly just flip a space in an hour we still can't get everything done depending on what all we're moving what the decor looks like the level of detail all of that and so a common question I get with couples is as we're coming to this decision helping to problem solve looking between all of our vendors responsibilities is a lot of times I have clients that want their they'll have like a garland or an arrangement for their arbor that's movable mm-hmm. it's not just like loose and they want that move to like their sweetheart table or if it's a garland like head table or something like that yeah and I have 
tried to do that too many times and not done it well and not done it efficiently. And so mm-hmm. I have learned exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm I'm not your florist. Yeah. I'm not, like, if you want, especially if it's, like, a complicated garland where there's all these pieces that it's not all just, like, it's gonna fall tied together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I can move it. I probably can't move it well because I'm not a florist. Mm-hmm. And I can only move it so efficiently depending on what, everything else that I have to do. Yeah. So that's like a very common yeah. thing that I have my clients think through or I, I help ask the florist on their behalf of based on the arrangements that you're wanting. And if there's a flip or similar questions for cleanup, like what does it look like for you and your team to return to do this flip or to do this cleanup? Or if we're deciding on a rain plan that week, and that is going to alter, you know, when drastically the layout. Exactly. What, how it gets set. Yeah. Like, what does that look like? And what is that charge? So that way I can tell my clients, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, I strongly recommend adding this on as an additional service to help with everyone's sanity. And then also to help make sure it looks stunning. Because yeah. you're paying a lot of money for all these florals. Do you want me to try to move this garland quickly and then have all these pieces fall out? And then I try to rearrange it for you as someone who is not a florist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or do you want yeah. your, your professional florist to do it? And I think there are some kinds of arrangements that can be repurposed better than others. Like aisle arrangements, <clears throat> floor aisle arrangements specifically. Mm-hmm. They're in a tray. They move into place. Yep. They might be large, but much easier. Yep. Taking things off an arbor and recreating it. Mm-hmm. That sounds like not maybe the smartest idea because of everything you just talked about. But also, you're probably still taking pictures in front of that arbor when it would need to come down and be replaced. Yeah. So let's kind of go through, if you're thinking through your wedding day and all the different places that you have flowers or you could want flowers. Mm -hmm. Like what are standard arrangements? Yeah. What's kind of like common, like let's get some of the language out there. Yeah. So that way when you're reading through this long proposal. You know what it all is. You understand like what they're offering. Yeah. I usually always start with personal flowers. Me too. So I guess personal flowers are, you could define it as on a person or assigned to a person. So bridal bouquet, bridesmaids bouquet, boutonnieres, corsages, anything. I I would even consider like a flower girl basket part Mm -hmm. of personal flowers. Efficient, mm -hmm. uh, corsage. Yeah. Or boutonniere. Yes. Yeah. So... I, I like to always start with the personal flowers, mm-hmm. sometimes because we use the bridesmaids' bouquets as well as yeah. centerpieces for yeah. the reception. But so personal flowers, then I kind of go into ceremony flowers, so arbor, aisle markers, mm-hmm. and you could also maybe consider like florals for your wedding or welcome sign mm-hmm. as part of that, but I usually just kind of group that into the reception. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I don't know why, it's just yeah. kind of how I've thought about it. So yeah, ceremony flowers, then kind of moving into reception. So like cocktail hour. Yes. I feel like that's where the installations usually come into place other than the arbor. That's still a form of an installation, but a hanging installation. um, Bud faces on their cocktail tables. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cocktail tables. A lot of times, personally, I feel like those can be for, you can forego with those sometimes. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? Yeah. I'm struggling with that today. (laughs) But that, just because I feel like depending on where the cocktail hour is, it's mm-hmm. super windy. They just blow off and break. Yeah. it's I've seen it happen a lot. And if just the fact, heavy water, it's different. A lot of venues, at least in our area, the cocktail hour area is separate, which is great that you mm-hmm. get another space to literally put your guests while you're prepping them for the reception and yeah. for dinner. But I agree. I, this is where I see clients either go big or go home or they don't really do anything. It's like either they want this amazing install and like champagne wall or like a neon sign and like lounge setup with a bunch of florals and it's stunning, but it's also a space that it can be accessed Mm -hmm. at any time throughout the reception, even if the guests are like specifically in that space or on that patio for cocktail hour. Or I'll have guests that are like, wanting to save a little bit more money on their floral budget or like they don't know they'll be like what do we even need florals for cocktail hour for and I'm like exactly if your guests are just standing in this space for an hour and they aren't going to be going to that space the rest of the the rest of the evening I mean maybe get some bud vases or maybe just use some candles or like, like just let it go and let the linens. Just have some linens. Yeah, like it's an hour and yeah. your guests are going to care a lot more about getting food and some alcohol in their system versus like being blown away by the floral arrangements yeah. at this space. 
But it's kind of, this is going to sound bad, but a lot of times I just like think of cocktail tables and I think of a table that gathers trash. Well, and like that glasses. is what happens. We've and seen yeah. it. <laughs> so, so I'm like, why waste it when like you could lend, even maybe that might not be a huge part of what the proposal includes, mm-hmm. but it could just lend to right. that installation or that one wow factor. Right. I don't think you need to go like all out on everything, right. but you know, pick and choose yeah. the you know, photo op areas or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I guess that goes more into the reception floral. So cocktail hour. Yeah. If, if you want it, great. If you don't, that's fine. And this probably, again, depends on your actual venue space and like right. where you're going to be spending time, where your guests are going to be spending time. So yeah, as we go into whatever the reception space looks like, whether or not that cocktail space is a part of it, would you rather, you know, even if it's five bud vases, that's really not going to be that much on your invoice. But would you rather have that go towards, you know, even just a little bit more umph for your sweetheart table? For your or, welcome sign. Or, yeah. Or like maybe, you know, you decided you didn't want cake flowers and then maybe throughout your wedding planning, you'd change the style of your cake and you're like, oh, this new design, I really want cake flowers for it. Yeah. That's going to be a very comparable cost right. to, you know, just a handful of bud vases for cocktail hour. Yeah. Um, and depending on your reception space too, I mean, there could be installs, bar setups. Uh, some mm-hmm. people even put florals on their catering tables, mm-hmm. staircases, centerpieces, mm-hmm. head table, sweetheart table, photo op, like backdrop yeah. lounge, all those. Any like gift table, guest yeah. book table, signage, like we mm-hmm. said earlier, whether it's like the welcome sign is over by the ceremony space and then that gets moved. And seating chart. Seating chart. Entrance of a chapel. I don't know. There's so There's, many yeah, places in it, the reception, honestly. It is so variable to in terms of what you can do to what the venue is like and also the capabilities you know you can't have Mm -hmm. a hanging installation in all venues necessarily correct i'm sure there's a way to do it but you need to be able to hang true so true yeah and And not damage the venue right (laughs) ideally (laughs) any other like i guess general overview of arrangements you can think of i feel like that kind of covered the majority of them yeah um the only other thing I guess would be the rentals aspect which again Mm -hmm. a lot more like full service florists even if they have quote-unquote minimal rentals of just candle options and vases that's Mm -hmm. still something you don't have to source yeah and it could match well with what vases they're already renting to you too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and if they have more rentals um like some florists in the area have like a handful of odds and ends like bigger rental pieces too like champagne wall mm-hmm. or or like faux greenery wall or some signage that's like just generic signage and stuff like that but a lot of florists in our area have a wide variety of just like the standard like here's four different types of candles here's a bunch of different vases whether it's like gold or silver or clear or milk glass or whatever and a bunch of different types of the actual vase and stuff like that so if you're not getting a full service florist and you're having to source those vases, it's like another thing where you're either renting them or you're finding them and buying them to DIY it. Mm -hmm. And then even if your florist is dropping them off, I had one of these earlier this year, the florist was dropping off the arrangements, but they did not provide vases. And so we had to kind of talk to the clients and work with our team and work with another team on what that actually looked like for their centerpieces. What what kind of centerpieces were those? I'm just curious. So it was a combo of like like bud vases okay. and hurricane candles, but then they had arrangements in like a plastic, like an ugly generic plastic dish versus that was like, they all looked like that, but it wasn't like a vase. So the good news is we could just plop that into a vase, but it was like an added thing where it was like, Maybe if they had gone with a full-service florist. It would have been provided. It would have already been plopped into the vase and that the vases would have just been set out versus like dropping all these off at the entrance. And then between my team and another team having to get all of the stuff out of the boxes and from where they had dropped off at the entrance of the venue and actually like setting everything out. So a small thing. But again, if you go, it, you know, it depends on what your priorities are. And this client 
they florals were not a huge priority they just wanted like some florals some candles they cared a lot more about a lot of the other vendors mm-hmm. and so this was a great way to save money yeah. and they were the clients were understanding on that responsibility getting divided up between different teams based mm-hmm. on what those teams responsibilities were mm-hmm. if that makes sense like yeah. what they were paying for with other people other vendors okay we were able to all like problem solve what that looked like and come up with a solution yeah but yeah like, mm-hmm. another perk to hiring professionals that way. Yeah. It's not. It's interesting because I'm, like, I feel like you could run into the issue of, okay, so they're not providing vases, but they're providing the arrangements somehow formed that then need to go in vases. So then you need to also make sure that those vases actually work with the formation of that kind of floral arrangement. Yep. Because you can't have a tall, skinny vase yep. fitting a compote yep. <laughs> vase as well. Yep. So, so again. Yeah. All a perk to having a wedding planner is that yes. in what this is case, compo? I helped figure out a lot of these dynamics around dimensions and quantity, okay. materials, all of that on behalf of those clients. But they really, really wanted that florist because okay. they had, it was an out wedding, they had a flower truck, they loved that concept, they didn't want to spend a lot of money on florals. Got it. So they were sold and we were able to problem solve like what everything else was going to look like and they were yeah. able to prioritize and put money towards other things. So obviously there's a lot to consider when you're booking a florist or deciding what kind of floral service mm-hmm. you want to go with. So I guess what's one of the, I don't want to say like top things. That's not the right way of saying it. <laughs> what's one of the larger reasons for going with a full service florist? What do you say? Like, uh, to me, a lot of times, like, what I'm looking through, you know, a ton of florists, like, I very much see a difference in the style, ability, yeah, like, the uh, technicality and, like, formation of how they actually create their arrangements, which a lot of, I think, personally, like, dictates the style yeah. of the arrangements and, like, who might be the right fit for which wedding, Usually, I think Mm -hmm. I can, like, narrow it down. Similar to when we talked about photographers, like, a couple will look through, like, a few and be like, I love this. I feel like this person's more aligned, you know, but Mm -hmm. kind of also making some suggestions. Yeah, I feel like exactly what you said, similar to photographers. Um, This is where I can kind of tell clients that might be more creative, more visual, Maybe even have, like, some floral understanding yeah. and knowledge. Or, like, design-focused. Um, yeah. Or emphasize the Right. They really, aesthetic. really care about the aesthetic of the wedding. Versus other clients that, like, want it to still look like their style, want it to look pretty. But as far as talking about the in and outs of florals, they're like, I, I don't I don't know the yeah. terms for these things. They're like, like I they don't, don't necessarily means. see the difference in They might not really care. They care about it, like... Does this proposal match my style and is it within my budget? Yeah. Um, so I usually figure that out pretty quickly. That's probably similar for you. Just even like bringing up like, have you thought about a florist? And seeing mm-hmm. what they say. That usually kind of helps me yeah. figure out from the get-go. But Or just looking through like even one or two Pinterest photos. Yeah, that's usually what I ask for is like yeah. if I haven't already gotten their Pinterest, which is one of the first things I ask for, mm-hmm. or like, you know, Instagram photos screenshots anything like that any inspiration even if it's just a few photos of like a bridal bouquet even if we're just starting from that like they haven't even really thought about anything else but I feel like that kind of dictates the tone of a lot of florals Mm -hmm. is that like kind of stemming from the bridal bouquet yeah I mean I have had some where it's like the personal flowers are one complete look and everything else is something completely different yeah but for the most part yeah like it's stemming from the bridal bouquet I agree because that often is like a, a pinnacle of mm-hmm. or a, a like a snapshot yeah of the wedding style of yeah. the color scheme of like the texture and you know mm-hmm. yeah all of these elements that you want and yeah. across your whole wedding yeah like is it classic mm-hmm. is it traditional is it trendy mm-hmm. is it boho is it minimalistic is it chic organic I don't know it's like it keeps going there's so like, many what? different ways you could describe and I think there's stuff? pressure on the personals yeah. you know whether bouquets or boutonnieres 
pictures because you look at the couple. We all, you know, when you start wedding planning, you think about all the pictures of all the couples you've seen Mm -hmm. on Instagram that you like. You want to replicate those photos, those moments for your wedding. Mm -hmm. And especially if you aren't super creative and visual, you're just like, I just like this look. But all those photos, it's like the dress, Mm -hmm. the suit, dresses, suits, hair and makeup styles, and then florals. Yeah. With like captured by whatever style photographer. And we all look at those photos and we want that moment. Mm-hmm. And the the florals, especially a bridal bouquet, if you're having a bridal bouquet, that is so important. Yeah. Yeah. No, Not I... to put pressure on the clients <laughs> out there because it feels, <laughs> I probably made that sound like a huge deal, but I think we subconsciously do that. I think we want our bridal bouquet to like encompass all of this stuff, whether we really know it's that direct yeah. or not. I think like similar to the wedding dress, mm-hmm. the bouquet usually speaks to like the personality of that person holding the bouquet as well yeah a lot of the time you have a super simple dress and look at the flowers and be like oh yeah that's totally done yeah would you recommend because I've seen clients do this in different orders I don't think there's a right or wrong order Mm -hmm. if you just have enough time for all of it but would you recommend to clients to focus on finding their dress and figuring out their wedding party look and then determining flowers or would you mm-hmm. recommend to them to figure out more of an overall floral proposal and then go from there and then kind of maybe figure out what your dress looks like maybe figure out what the wedding party looks like this is an interesting question because I'm somewhat thinking of my process mm-hmm. for myself but then also I think like what the average is for most because mm-hmm. I do as much as I love the florals like to do it once all the essential vendors have been booked so it's kind of usually one of the more last things as we're getting into the design phase unless there's a florist that you're like I 100% want that florist and it's a priority then it might happen sooner but usually because of you know not being in the design phase until you know catering's booked all those like you have to you need them for the functionality of the wedding I do feel that most of the clients that I've had already do have their wedding dresses picked out Mm -hmm. by that time and I know a lot of times like you'll hear stories about I changed my dress because of the kind of venue I booked and it didn't fit that venue like there's probably probably ways around yep. that. I don't necessarily think all that has to 100% click and be mm-hmm. that full vision. I was the opposite of that. And I think a lot okay. of my clients, like I knew exactly what I wanted floral wise, style wise, and thought I knew what I wanted for my dress and completely, I won't, I won't say I completely changed it, but it's not what I went with. Mm-hmm. But I would not have changed my personal floral style either way. Okay. I do know a lot of florists like they like to see the dress Mm -hmm. because it helps them with the inspiration of what they would want to create for the bouquets yeah Yeah. I don't think it is a has to be yeah I think it kind of comes down to if you're really caring about I feel like this is a word it's so poorly if you really care about your dress <laughs> which you probably are like well who doesn't care about their dress but if you're Some are like I just want a dress and I don't want to go crazy about thinking right it. and yeah. a, a lot of people have some version of a journey of figuring out what looks good on them what fabrics they like the yeah. style the silhouette blah 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 so many details on that yeah. too we could do a whole nother episode on just totally. gowns but you do kind of go into it knowing I have to figure this out like it's very rare to have a client that knows they want a specific type of dress or even a specific designer's gown right and tries it on and walks and it out fits with really it. well fits the vision that they want and they walk out with it so usually it's some sort of journey and yeah. I think because people know that that is kind of up in the air depending on like their bridal shops in town that they go to like what do they even have in stock mm-hmm. for them to even try on like what does right. that look like what time of year are you getting married in does that determine Long if you want sleeves or not? <laughs> yeah. So I think people focus on that first and then they can kind of picture themselves on the day, can kind of picture like maybe they had a color palette in mind for like mm-hmm. the time of year in the venue or whatever, or they just like really like that the colors. Right. And then it kind of like fine tunes the florist. Like exactly what you mm-hmm. said, like a lot of florists will like want to see like uh, you and your partner's like wedding outfits, bridal right. parties, outfits, all of that to like get the nuance figured out. And I think, I that think it naturally like- happens. 
happens that this, way a lot. Right. I think that could like change maybe the size of the bouquet because if you mm-hmm. like have this bodice that like really should be shown off, they're maybe gonna keep that in mind when they're actually creating your bouquet. Mm-hmm. But if you have yeah. an all satin dress, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like if somebody has like this design vision that they want, that the dress is usually chosen with the combination of how it fits, how you feel in it, does it represent you, and does it, does it fit, fit in that design, if mm-hmm. that design's really their priority. Right. Like, I feel to yeah. uh, show how much of a Twihard fan I was, but <laughs> Bella's and Edward's wedding were all based around her engagement ring in this, you know, okay. like 1920s. Like Gatsby kind of Yes, style. like vintage, like modern. It. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let us know now if we need to make Megan watch all of the Twilight movies and we can do a recap episode. (laughs) Or at least their wedding. We can do that. That's like 10 minutes. You can do that. Anyway, so that's always was a whole thing of like, oh, design this wedding off of a ring. How unique. Was it it an emerald ring or something? For some reason, I want to say it was You're going to ask me that and I'm going to not know on the spot. Okay. I'll look it up. But yeah, look it up. Maybe we'll post this too. But all that to say, a lot of people I think do design, again, whether consciously, intentionally for people that really are design heavy about their wedding or just kind of subconsciously not design it around the ring, but design it around their dress that they end up getting. Like they kind of already have maybe some style, color palette, design figured out and then they pick their dress and their dress fits them. They feel really good. They're, you know, maybe crying and picturing themselves on the wedding day. Mm -hmm. And then that almost opens up this like, (laughs) she just looked it up and I agree we could all talk about that will be another episode. Yeah, that's it's just interesting. It's Anyways, not the best. I'll save my comments. I, I don't. I don't think that. I actually really do like some kind of mosaic engagement rings. I just don't really see how this wedding style is based off of that. Mm-hmm. It just seems classic yeah. to me. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, sorry. Um, besides, kind of change the subject. On no, that. you're good. I'll when I got distracted looking up Twilight <laughs> engagement rings, but for style. For florists, any other insight or tips? For when it comes to style. Uh, Yeah, actually. I think, oh, this is so hard because I know when it comes to this, I can be particular too. Mm -hmm. My thought is, and I'm sure some florists might hear this and they're going to be like, really? Is this really what you think? Because you're (laughs) so particular when you're you know, doing this. Have your style. Be particular about what you want to be particular about it and communicate Mm -hmm. that. But at the end of the day, the best florals I've seen at a wedding are when you also communicate what you really, really want and what you dislike, but Mm. that you also let them meet that meaning or have some creative freedom with it to just create. Mm -hmm. Those are the florals where I feel like I haven't seen that before. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because often when I have couples that are very particular about the design, very particular about the florals, they're still pulling inspiration from a multitude of locations and places and aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Even if they have a really good design eye, it's like, are you, have you found this exact wedding style at your venue with your photographer? Because that's, you know, and then you're taking that to your florist and you're very particular and that's fine. A lot of florists are fine with that. But I agree, like to some extent, it's only going to go so far because if you're looking at like these photos of florals at a different venue by a very different style photographer than you're getting and you're taking that to your florist and they're going to be replicating that, but they're replicating it, keeping in mind like your venue, potentially your dress, your Mm -hmm. photographer, whatever, the linens that you picked out, like what if the linen color is different, like all these little nuances. I agree to some extent, if you just want your florist to literally just replicate, it's it's not going to be as wonderful as you think it is because you, unless you have been a wedding florist for a while, like it's just... Well, also, too, oh, so far. I think part of it is that, like, let's say you're doing some installation. You can replicate to a T, maybe to a certain extent, right? Because the batch of X flower may have not come in mm-hmm. that week, mm-hmm. as well as another one. And so that one gets replaced. Or yep. the vine is not in X particular shape because it's, like, naturally how it's grown. Yep. So sometimes it actually might be better to just go with what is that shape. Yep. That is happening. Obviously, a bouquet, you can control that, I think, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know. That's just my thought on some of it. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a literally organic material. So right. it's, it's, yeah. it's going to exactly what you said about like the batches that come in are going to be all over the place. They, they plan for that. But that's why a lot of florists actually in their contracts or like even we'll say like on their websites and stuff, we'll let you know, like I have the authority to make nuanced changes based on like the actual shipment that came in for your order yeah because it's literally was a living thing and you can only control it so much so even if you buy like these hyper altered florals to get an exact look at the end of the day they can only control so much of it on top of like shipping issues and like timelines and all of that type of stuff and I think like you just mentioning the whole shipping aspect of it might be something that like not everybody knows right because we see flowers at Whole Foods, Trader yeah. Joe's, Publix, every, like Costco, every grocery store, right? Yeah. A uh, true like bridal, wedding, florist, event florist is not like they might have local flower farms that they are getting some of their florals and product from, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're shipping them from other areas. So it's right. like a very strict like. The floral order needs to be placed by X date to get the florals in in time, which usually come on like a Wednesday or a Thursday. And then there's this whole process of keeping them alive, getting them to a point where they have like bloomed just enough mm-hmm. for either like actually literally opening them depending on like what the style is and everything. Yeah. So I think like a lot of times people just think like, oh, they just go and like buy the flowers, but then they see them in person and they're like, oh, wow, like I haven't seen flowers like this. And it's because they're literally sourced from farms that are growing them. Mm-hmm. So just just a little bit of, yeah. of information. Yeah, but I do agree with you. It's even if you do have like a specific style and you that is a priority for you, like you want your florals to really reflect that. Yeah emphasize your priorities and your specifics to your florist and then let them like hire a professional a florist that is good with that yeah that is creative that can run with your idea because yeah. I agree like that's when you're gonna yeah you're gonna get to your venue you're gonna be getting ready and your florist is gonna roll in with all of their arrangements and your bouquet and you're gonna be mind blown I mean that's what happened for me I like yeah. let my florist run with my idea and you which was it. not that specific like it was a it was pretty vague. I wasn't hyper. I knew she was going to do a great job. I wasn't hyper vigilant about the design of it. And my reaction to her showing up with the florals, I was just, I was yeah. mind blown. I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is so much better yeah. than I was even picturing because I let her do, do her it. thing, be creative, yeah. be a florist. Yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like there, I've had a lot of couples who like want this florist who's really creative because they love what they see, but then what they actually want them to do for their wedding is maybe not as traditional in terms of like the color choice but in terms of the shapes and everything is just very standard mm-hmm. and I just saw, sometimes do feel like they're not really using that florist to their full potential or they're not and I think my thought is like create this like art piece essentially yeah. for like every single arrangement essentially could yeah. be that you know which there's not bad like I there's not that's not a bad thing is what I'm trying to say there is something to be said about keeping things like timeless and not going overly trendy because you do want to look back on your photos and your video and feel that you know it's relevant you know Mm -hmm. like we still enjoy looking at (laughs) right like we we look at like wedding photos from the 80s and very much are like that was a trendy 80s dress Mm -hmm. and that was like a very like more high fashion-y classic kind of dress of that time Mm -hmm. I think like there's kind of a difference yeah and I think like florals can be put into that category of a blurred line so I understand that but I think that really true creative florist can somewhere meet the classic in the middle yeah Yeah, with the creativity and that's a great question you can ask your florist or have Mm -hmm. your planner help ask like looking at their website their instagram figuring out like oh i like this photo and i like that photo and i like this arrangement if you're vibing with what they're marketing from themselves because again every vendor is likely posting stuff that they want to do again Mm-hmm. They the types of weddings they want to work. So if you're looking at their content and you are enjoying it, you're wanting what they offer, 
asking them like how would you describe your style how would you describe like your dream wedding right your dream arrangements and like color palette have you worked this type of style or color palette before can you show me examples of that mm-hmm. have you done that at this venue like when you've worked at this venue have you worked with these colors have you worked with this style before yeah. and if they're like no we haven't done that I mean that could be intentionally a yes, thing like but I've also seen some who haven't and then get so excited about like a specific design inspiration because true. it's so different true than what they do all the time that they just like are so inspired and want to take yeah. it and run with it or they're like this so, venue screams the style wise no one done it yet they will let like if you open up the door to this type of conversation with your force yeah then you'll be able to tell if they're the right fit yeah you'll see if they're the right fit you'll see their creativity come out and if that is vibing with what you're wanting yeah and I think like you can see like specific aspects that you might like about what they do and if they were to take those aspects and put it into your color palette or vice versa like there's always that I think you gotta go off like whose creativity you like or either Mm -hmm. whose traditional style you Mm -hmm. like if that's what you're wanting to yeah because I mean we're talking about being creative and all that there's still a lot of talent that goes into a very traditional classic look as well and there's like the timelessness means you have lots of experience Mm -hmm. to execute that yeah like that's why it works time and time again yeah because it's been perfected and I think even like within timeless within traditional there's even variety that you could do within that Mm-hmm. still that all is under that category yeah. you know not every single traditional bouquet is white peonies yeah you know so but yeah. it could still be like that similar shape or so that's a little bit about style or I guess to consider when you're looking for your florist and how to choose the right florist for your wedding style so a little bit ago in the episode, we kind of briefly mentioned the idea of kind of like prioritizing within your floral arrangements, like that mm. wow factor piece, whether it's like that beautiful banister on the staircase yeah. or, you know, like a hanging installation or like that beautiful arbor. Yeah. So I think it's important to talk about, you know, like we would all love to have the dream when it comes to florals, I'm sure. Like mm-hmm. why not? Right. Like just flowers and yeah. candles pouring from every part right. of the space. Like, even if it's something that's not like of utmost importance to you, like if you mm-hmm. had um a wedding budget that had no limits, like you'd probably just go for it, right? So a lot of times I like to think about like, okay, how can we get that wow factor? How can we do something that's, you know, a little different that you might not see at most weddings that you attend? Yeah. Um, but also doing it in like a budget friendly way if you are in a situation where you do need to consider what is this all going to cost and how is it going to affect the rest of your wedding budget so do you have any tips that you kind of like to use to maybe cut down on some arrangements like get an elevated look but maybe not go out on every single table all that kind of stuff one thing I often advise for this is in the reception for your tables your centerpiece arrangements it works usually better if it's all the same shape so if you have all rounds or all farm tables or rectangular oh, tables or whatever this tip works better this tip works better yes is okay. to split the tables in half uh and have half of your arrangements be more of like the centerpiece that you're wanting the more costly centerpieces and the other half of the tables either no center no florals mm-hmm. and just rentals just candles other rentals other decor or like minimal florals whether it's like loose greenery on the bottom of those rentals or bud bases I usually recommend if the tables are all the same to stagger it like every other table Mm -hmm. so that way when you look across all those tables it still looks like a filled room yes yeah um so like you're saying like place it so like if you're looking at two sides of the rooms it's like two tables in the front might have the same thing but two tables in the back might align kind of thing maybe I don't know like if you have if you have like 10 rounds yeah and usually with rounds you have to kind of stagger the tables in the space anyways like literally you can't have them in perfect a perfect grid but I would have every other table it's like this this table number one gets a centerpiece table number two just gets candles table number three we're back to arrangement and I go back and forth now if you have a mix of tables which a lot of venues do have you know they'll offer like a handful of farm tables or rectangular tables and a handful of rounds I would keep those the same I would keep those the same 
almost always. It does work to have like the variety of arrangements and the variety of tables sometimes. Mm. It just kind of depends on like your layout and your overall design. Yeah. But that's one way where it's like from a cost perspective, you're not paying for, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 arrangements, like huge yeah. arrangements that are going to have a, a higher cost. Right. Because it's a lot more work to build those yeah. versus bud bases or putting out candles. Um, but then also the cost of like the actual supplies and florals. So that's the one thing that I often find myself doing with clients. If they want like a filled floral room, mm-hmm. like they don't, you know, want to skimp on florals, but they're yeah. like, we just don't have a huge floral budget. We don't care yeah. about it that much. Like that's an easy way to, to kind of it. get a compromise. Yeah. I like to try to gauge that too. And I will say like, I think this is just my personal preference. Maybe I think like some florists maybe would agree with it. <clears throat> I, when I look around the room, if it's a very like design friendly room, I like to personally see three different arrangements oh yes yes but the way to do it budget friendly that I recommend is like if you want to have tall centerpieces you don't need to have 10 to 12 of them if you Mm -hmm. can and it's important to you great go for it but you could have four Mm -hmm. and that's going to elevate the whole room depending on where you place them in the room it's going to make it feel like larger taller in terms of those arrangements but then like yeah if you have the farm tables if you're not doing family style then you could do you know your greenery runners with your Mm -hmm. candles if you want um you can do your bud vase arrangements on farm tables too or yeah. even on some rounds yeah. um reusing bridesmaids bouquets that's a big one you have to be okay with them making it to the table a little later but that's a really common yes kind of trick. that's another yeah uh, repurposing a lot from the ceremony again yeah. like we talked about earlier depending on your arbor your mm-hmm. arch installation like you might need your florist to come repurpose that and like you just said that will take time yes. so depending on where your cocktail hour is and when you're okay with that being set up by like it's going to take a hobby yeah. career florist to move that but the also uh, getting the photos like that and the reception detail photos just something mm-hmm. that there's a lot more management that goes on right in terms of that but moving the floor floral arrangements that's very common even aisle markers we've done it just kind of depends mm-hmm. on what the kind? aisle marker and where we're repurposing them yeah um, we've had some aisle markers that have actually been like set on the tall pillar stands oh, on okay. a table before yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I know of course they're not going to be 100% perfect but they can be tweaked slightly and yeah and a lot of that can be filler like it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be where a bunch of your photos are being taken where your guests are likely going to notice it can be like often the handful of like arrangements or smaller pieces that aren't as crucial that I'm moving from like cocktail hour Mm -hmm. or whatever I'm just moving as like filler for the bar or for the cake table or for the guest book table it's not like just going on your sweetheart table ideally you know either you have your own arrangement for the sweetheart table or that is like when your florist is moving that arbor right or we're moving the floor floral arrangements or you know mm-hmm. a bigger piece to so like your photo booth that, yeah. like if you have like a lounge photo booth yeah like with a polaroid that's like a great option yeah just like something ceremony. yeah yeah repurposing anything from ceremony and even from cocktail hour mm-hmm. to the reception is like another great way yeah to maximize the florals that you're already investing in yeah i feel like a lot of times like you know couples or parents may not always be so keen on that suggestion mm-hmm. at first but they like want that full look of everything mm-hmm. you know and I understand that but I think like a lot of times when you're looking back or even just if you think through the event and where the focus of the event is going to be yeah. a lot of it is really where the bride and groom are so like let's say you're just doing a sweetheart table and you're not doing a head table like that's a great way to like fully deck out the head table area because everyone's going to be looking at the bride and groom during the toast your first dance is likely maybe going to be in front of the sweetheart table so like that's a great area to like invest the floral budget to maybe not go as all out on the guest center pieces that are maybe not family or something Mm -hmm. I don't know those are just some some other thoughts that sometimes Mm -hmm. we've kind of implemented and again back to your priorities on Mm -hmm. like if you really really care about the overall design the overall look for the whole day and you want your guests to also notice that like every space they look at 
mm-hmm. then choosing to have like a more full room, whether it's florals or candles or both, is going to like you're going to filter out or add in to that floral proposal accordingly. But if you are fine with like your photos looking like it's full, beautiful moments of all these florals, your close friends and family, your wedding party looking out and seeing, then maybe you don't have to have a perfect arrangement on every single table. Maybe you don't have to have like if your photographer is going to be able to capture stunning pictures of whatever your tablescape, yeah. reception space, ceremony space looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if it's if you really, really care about the guest experience, then you might have to allocate more money towards things that guests are going to notice. Right. But if you really care about having the photos captured or having like the experience be based on the intangible versus like the Mm -hmm. design, then maybe you don't invest as much in florals or rentals. Yeah. And that, and I think too, like we're saying like not invest as much in it, but doesn't mean it doesn't have to be that it's not tasteful. Mm -hmm. You know, like there are, I think there are ways of of doing it. Of being intentional. And yeah, I don't want to say it achieve way is not the way but in a cost effective way Mm -hmm. but it's still being really pretty as well yeah 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 Yeah. I agree you don't have to have a venue that's like busting at the seams with florals mm-hmm. and have that that equals pretty wedding mm-hmm. there's so many styles and so many ways to decorate a room yeah. that's still stunning yeah I mean if you think about it like some of the most pretty pretty or favorite photos I think a lot of times are literally of the bride and groom just them Mm-hmm. on like a wall or outside like like doesn't even have anything else yeah 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 so it's like don't overthink it yeah if, if you have something you love great yeah I know I'm sure there's probably couples who are maybe listening and are like I have no idea where to start on florals like this is all for foreign to me like I've had some where like I don't know like create something let me sign off on it you know I've yeah. had a few of those which is super fun to work in that kind of environment too. yeah like as a planner I think but you know if you don't have that and you don't have a planner who might be doing it for you and you're kind of lost that's maybe uh, actually a good fit could be a florist who is really creative because they could present you a few different ideas maybe get a sense of your personality what your personal style is and kind of present something to you as well Mm -hmm. but I mean there's really no right or wrong I think when it comes to the florals in general you got to do what's best for you and like if it's something you're really excited about great if it's something that you know you yeah. want to kind of check off the box so to say Just that's also some basics. Okay too. yeah 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 I mean there's so few occasions actually I can't even think of another occasion that you would really invest this much money into florals in mm-hmm. unless you just have a lot of a lot of <laughs> spendable Disposable income, income. disposable income on (laughs) disposable, spendable, same thing. Yeah. You know, for birthday parties and baby showers. (coughs) So, you know, when's like, when's the next time in your life that you're going to be able to spend thousands of dollars on florals? Yeah. Maybe never. Maybe this is it. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) For your future kiddos. It's probably going to be double what yours costs. Gosh, with inflation. (laughs) But again, if that's not, if this is not something you want to spend a lot of time and energy on, then hire a florist that is a good fit for you that has, you know, they can explain or show enough photos to have you understand what they're going to be making and delivering for you and that you vibe with. You know, we're all for vendors that are respectable and kind Mm -hmm. and will answer questions and will help explain what they do really clearly. And if you find that fit and they're within your budget, then great. You do not have to spend hours on this. And so this is one thing we have mentioned in previous episodes for other vendors, like photographers and all that. We haven't talked about it today, but obviously I think that when it comes to florals in the last two years or so, Mm. besides catering, florals have been the area that I at Mm -hmm. least have seen the most inflation. I agree. So I think in a past episode, we've like kind of both answered our opinion or our findings on what we'd say like the average floral proposal has come into maybe like average spend. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious like what you've been finding or what you currently consider like the average. Granted, there's so much variable within florals because 
because I think when I'm going to say my average first proposal I'm seeing coming in, that might be like quoting for the dream and it's variable depending on the florist quoting it as well. True. By the dream, I'm saying like we've got Endless all money. the centerpieces we want, like yeah. the full installation of this, that before we're cutting back and we're like, okay, this mm-hmm. is what we're going to go mm-hmm. with. So yeah. And yeah. I, and this is also like Chattanooga. It's going to be very different if you're in a different state as well. Correct. Even Nashville. Yeah. And I think to double down on this, part of the reason the floral quotes have gone up in such a huge percentage from inflation is because they're getting hit not only with supplies, like the literal sourcing of the florals Mm -hmm. and the shipping Mm -hmm. costs for those supplies, but then also maintaining a good staff. Even if you're just a smaller florist that has like you and a part-time assistant. The actual designer that you can design. mm -hmm. Like the staffing to make sure, or even just like you have a delivery person or whatever, Mm -hmm. like to pay staff that knows what they're doing and will show up mm-hmm. <laughs> and work weddings weekend yeah. after weekend it just costs a lot more so that's why catering yeah. is in the summer boat but yeah and I would say even like <clears throat> wedding planners too like yeah. the cost of our staffing changes yeah. and goes yeah. up over time too and that just... yeah we're all being hit by inflation so yeah. if you have you know service staffing and then you also have goods on top of that it's mm-hmm. just you're getting hit in multiple yeah. directions from inflation yeah. but I think so I'll give a range as well also coming in from like most of my clients that want to start off with the dream quote, so a higher end quote from what they're probably going to spend, because mm-hmm. they're also wanting to kind of see what it would look like to literally have all of the arrangements, yeah, types of flowers, whatever. And choose what's most important to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They want to see what that looks like, and maybe they can swing it. Maybe that's great. Maybe it's not. And then a nuance of that, I advise my couples to get a quote based on maximum expected guest count, mm-hmm. because, you know, you if you're- down. If you're exactly if you're yeah. look if you're inviting a hundred guests and we know statistically you should expect like sixty five to seventy five of those guests to show up so you're going to need centerpieces for example for however many tables you're going to have for those guests mm-hmm. so I advise them to get a quote according to those numbers or like if they're at another wedding party okay well how many boutonnieres do you have so right. all of that in mind I'm seeing like the dream top quotes are like um. Like eight to twelve grand. Okay. Are like dream top quotes. Yeah, our I feel like our numbers are pretty aligned right now. That's yeah. gonna be like average for us, right? Yeah. Like not like one that is maybe a bit more expensive than average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say like or like eight to thirteen thousand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um or the one off example I can give is I had a couple they did already have like a ten, twelve grand floral budget. Mm-hmm. Um it was one of the biggest wedding budgets I have seen in Chattanooga, at least in mm-hmm. my experience. And uh, we were having a florist meeting and parents from bride and groom were heavily, they were all wonderful, involved. honestly. They were heavily involved, very opinionated, but like in the best way, like everyone was willing to like hop on the phone and put in the work and answer yeah. questions and was very kind. And the groom's mom was like, wait, wait, I thought we had talked about having a lot more orchids in this. Mm-hmm. And the florist was like, oh, well here, like she pointed yeah, out where orchids the orchids are were at. Yes, orchids are one of, are very expensive floral to have because mm-hmm. they're very hard to maintain. And mm-hmm. so it's just really hard to get a lot of them in your wedding. <laughs> And so the florist went through and pointed out, like, here's where we all have the orchids, like, whatever. And she was like, no, no, I thought we had talked about having, like, orchids everywhere. Mm -hmm. So the florist was like, what, like, everywhere, everywhere? And she was like, oh, yeah, like, I want to see orchids in every arrangement. And for context, this was, like, 250-person wedding, already insane installation. So if you're adding a very expensive floral to all all installations. To large arrangements, yeah. That quote went up like another like 10 grand like the Mm force was very clear she's like I cannot quote you accurately on this until I go calculate it out it's going to be several thousand more dollars yeah they were all like oh sounds great it was important to them yeah Yeah. it was one of those moments where you're sitting there you're like is this a dream wedding I'm working right now (laughs) (laughs) but that being said yeah that's for I I do see a lot of quotes starting a you know dream quote starting around eight up to 12 on average, sometimes higher, sometimes a little bit lower. And well, then it really... Like, it, what are they actually spending? Like, what would you say is the average spend right now? And then the average spend for clients that need to cut but still prioritize florals are mm-hmm. spending between, like, six and eight. Okay. Versus my couples yeah. that are, like, 
whoa, we don't care about flowers that much. Yeah. We want the minimum florals. Yeah. Still a good florist, still like delivering on our mm -hmm. style or whatever. Those are more like three to five grand. Which is interesting to actually mention too, because a lot of florists do have minimums mm -hmm. for their full service where they're coming and actually setting the arbor and everything. So some will not mm -hmm. do a wedding for under 5,000 <clears> yeah. because they feel that they just can't deliver the quality. Yeah. And by the time, you know, depending on how many arrangements that is and all that, like they may not be able to cover the yeah. cost for that. So some florists do do it full mm -hmm. service for that, but not everybody does. So that's just yep. something to consider as well, depending on who's going to be the right florist for you. Yeah. But I'm not a florist by any means, but we did do one green greenery installation like in a ceiling about like a year and a half ago where we were like okay to the client like this is what you need to order and everything and uh it was you know a unique situation but the cost of that like other florists have asked for it or for you know what would i have what would i charge yeah. or what should yeah. they charge just based on that because obviously it was it was very labor intensive mm -hmm. and maybe i've <laughs> we haven't talked about this yet but it's been on my list of things to do of creating like a YouTube channel just for the podcast to upload. So maybe we can like put in some like screenshots or something for some context yeah. of this. Like when we were talking about the layout, like putting an all seated layout yes. that's maybe color coded and shows like these tables or yep. the same centerpiece, all that might be helpful for the context of this episode. Yeah. Specifically. I agree. But, you know, just, it was a greenery installation. Just the greenery alone, I think, maybe I'm wrong in thinking it was about $2,000. Yeah, no. Just, Well, like, depending on how big the install is, I believe it, that. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I think, like, yeah. a box of it is maybe a few hundred, and we got quite a few boxes. Yeah. So it was at least, at least $1,000 in just greenery, not including the supplies yep. that it took, not including the cost and time that yeah, it went the into labor it. hours yeah right and so i mean that's also important to consider if you are considering doing a huge installation mm -hmm. you might need the venue the day before and the day after for yeah. all the tear down as well not only just with flowers but like with draping yeah as well because, lighting mm -hmm. lighting because there's a process like yeah that might all have to happen before all the tables and chairs go into place as well so yeah. truly yeah, yeah that it would be a lot because you've got to think you're having it's like three days of work times yeah. like sometimes 10 people yeah you know yeah so it's a big job there's just so many examples we can get like the one I keep thinking of is I commonly have couples that want baby's breath in part because they like it it's and it's like, trendy it's trendy I love that it's made a comeback because that definitely was on my early early Pinterest days mm -hmm. wedding board and it's really, really beautiful depending on, like, the venue and the style mm -hmm. and the lighting and all of that. Yeah. But I also have couples that pick it in part because it's, quote, unquote, cheaper. Mm -hmm. Well, it is. But you need a lot of it. You need a lot of it because it's actually sold, like, a bunch that you get is a smaller amount mm -hmm. than other, quote, unquote, bunches for other types of flowers. Like, mm -hmm. a bunch of roses or a bunch of whatever. And so... For greenery. For greenery. Yeah. For, yeah. For Like, it's peonies. not as thick... Yeah, and then yeah. because it's so light and airy, you need exactly so much of it to fill up the space. Mm -hmm. You know, like the the trend that we've seen this last year of uh, baby's breath garlands. Yeah, like the table for head runners, tables and yeah. stuff. Yeah, stunning. But you need two to three times more bunches mm -hmm. for baby's breath to make that garland versus if you wanted like an all rose garland or yeah. an all whatever greenery garland. And so it's one of those things where it's a common misunderstanding of like. Like, oh, I want to just fill the space with a bunch of baby's breath. It fits right. my aesthetic. It also saved me a little bit. It might not save you really that much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we can ask the florist to do a cost comparison of like this installation, just baby's breath, this installation, just roses or just greenery. Yeah. But it often is going to be around the same price as other florals right. that are in that tier of wedding flower costs because you have to buy so much more of it to mm -hmm. make it fill out like the look the that space. you're wanting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if it's filler, like uh, often that's a filler for like centerpieces, bud vases, bouquets, yeah. stuff like that. And you still need to buy more than you're thinking mm -hmm. to actually fill that space. Yeah. Because it's so delicate. Yeah. And I know, I think that when we're talking 
about florals in general, there's so much to consider. Like, if you think about everything we've talked about right now, and if it's something you don't, like, live and breathe all the time, you might be like, whoa, like, I was not expecting this, or it can feel really discouraging, and it's not. Like, it's truly just part of the process. So I think, like, as you're going through, you know, your floral proposals and reaching out to florists, like, feel that you can take your time in making the best decision. Don't feel like you need to necessarily Mm -hmm. rush like try to think through it with the florists or with your planner if you have one and we always tell our clients like ask questions if you have a planner if you have like ask your planner questions have them work on your behalf like that's the perk of hiring a a full service planner especially but if you don't have a planner or if you just have a more hands-off like coordinator then ask your florist like ask all these questions and honestly when I tell clients to like ask questions to me to their vendors that kind of helps show the vendors true colors if they're creative and fun and love what they do and they work well with clients that are trying to understand and they're trying to communicate very clearly yeah like what they offer what this means yeah or they don't do that and maybe you've already booked them and it's a good fit for other things and that's fine but it it kind of shows too in addition to the like literal flowers and design Mm -hmm. like are they going to show up for you are they going to deliver on what you're paying for when they're there and their staff is there on the day setting up this install and you're all there getting ready, like, are they going to be great vendors to run into on the day? Are they going to be happy to be there or are they not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that only goes so far. I get that. But I do think that's such a nuance with vendors of, like, yeah. if they have you a good attitude. inspired. Yes. About your vision. Yeah. Especially, I think, when it comes to your wedding. the creative areas <laughs> of it. Yeah. 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 Anything else you have on your mind about all things wedding florals? Like, I think we covered so much yeah. more than we intended on covering. Yeah, we kind of, I think, kind of just went very conversational on this <laughs> episode. So hopefully you got something out of it. We definitely ran off the rails from our outline, but in the best way possible. Yeah, there's we yeah, got a, a we got a lot of content out there for you to think through. <laughs> and again, yeah. it might be a little overwhelming. And if if you made it this far in the podcast, then. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and I, we want to encourage you to pick pick a pick any vendor, but pick a florist that like you really, really vibe with because that will help you get what you want yeah. for your florals and also your florists to like really, really shine and really do what they do well. For sure. And I think like maybe this episode stirred a lot more questions or things for, you know, couples to think about mm. for planning their florals. So feel free to comment on our Instagram posts in yes. relation to this episode if you have questions or dm us and we'll try to answer all of those and help as much as we possibly can and we have a bunch of ideas on topics to cover in this podcast but we ultimately want to help answer questions that you guys yeah. need information about yeah so if this exactly if this helped trigger additional questions and additional concerns yes <laughs> let us know and then we can do a follow-up podcast a follow-up yeah, episode, episode yeah. about more specifics a deep dive or yeah. having this you know topic connect to other topics that yeah. might be a stress in your wedding yes for you. like right because like florals like that's a big like tone and that's set in terms of like other decisions that you might make in terms of design like what linens do you choose mm-hmm. what dishware are you going to choose mm-hmm. all those sorts of things in terms of how they complement the florals too so maybe this might stir up some other design questions yeah as well we love talking about design it's such a fun part of wedding planning (laughs) yes um well thanks for tuning in guys and joining us on the prelude podcast don't forget to follow if you're on spotify (laughs) subscribe all that so that you can keep learning more about how to plan your wedding thanks